Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. the pod 617 studios in westwood massachusetts it's the boston podcast with david yaz and a rotating cast of characters from pod 617 the boston podcast network this is our pc hello everyone ladies and gentlemen boys and girls all the ships at sea lovers muggers thieves everyone i hope you're holding up okay i think we're required to say that now just as the start of any conversation here we are still in the midst of being locked down quarantined shut away trapped in our own homes with our own dreadful families and uh i hope you're doing okay so apropos of this i have a great guest today uh, we'll be talking with Dr. Stuart Ablon, who is the director of Think Kids at Mass General MGH Psychiatry. And we're going to hear about what he's doing to be resourced to the public during this nutty time. There are, of course, all these families struggling with the demands on what has become our new normal. So, first of all, uh, Doc, welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm uh, hanging in there like everybody else these days. Thanks for having me. You look none worse for the wear. I'm looking at Dr. Ablon over video, of course, and you look chipper. You're you're uh, completely clean shaven, which um, has become a, a point of contention, I think, for a lot of males. Some people are, are <laughs> it's one or the other. People, some people are abiding by the uh, keep the hair off the face uh, so we don't spread extra germs, and then some are growing their quarantine beard. <laughs> right. But you're well, a do- you're, you're a doctor. Is that is that is that best practices to? Uh, I think that's unclear right now, but okay. I did, if it makes you feel better, I did take a shower this morning, All which right. is an accomplishment in the work from home days, you know? <laughs> yes. In, and uh, here at pod617.com, typically recording out of our Westwood studios, I'm recording out of my home studio today. All the interviews have been remote, of course, uh, safe quarantine practices. But um, the, it's funny because some guests say, oh, great. Um I'm going to be on your show tomorrow. That'll give me an excuse to shower, you know, so (laughs) we need the small motivations. If you don't mind me asking, do you have family there that you're sharing the quarantine with any kids? Uh, Yes, I have uh, three kids and um, they're I've got one college student, one high school student and one middle school student. And so they are all, um, you know, working from home, you might say, Mm -hmm. as am I. So, um, yeah, tight quarters and uh, pretty challenging, but we're doing okay so far. And most importantly, we're all healthy. So um, I'm really trying not to complain here. You know? Yep, that's that's good. And say, same with me. My my kids don't really don't seem to mind. I've it's strange. I have one son with autism who's 22 years old, and we thought he would be um, out of sorts because out of his routine. But I don't know. Seems to be enjoying the time off. You know, and um, my and my younger son. He's already into college, so he's just playing out the string. And by that, I mean playing a lot of video games, I think. So uh, what the hell? Right. I'm telling right. you. I, I have to say I'm finding it varies a lot by kid. And some kids are distraught 
And some kids are like, this isn't so bad. Now, right. you know, we'll, we'll see a, another month from now or something what people will be saying, but pretty soon we'll be at the end of the school year. Yeah, kids always beg for the snow days, right? They want uh, they get up in the morning when it's snowing and they say, oh, maybe we won't have school today. And parents say something like, well, maybe. But if you had to stay stay home every day, you'd, you'd hate it. You'd miss school. And uh, sadly, right. one way or another, sadly, I think we're finding <laughs> that out we now. Are. Yeah. We are. And some kids are missing school, for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. So let's uh, let's get into this. Tell tell me about your program and what it was before quarantine, and briefly at least, and then tell us what's what's how you uh, are stepping into service now. Great. Okay. Uh, so we, as you mentioned, we're a program in the Department of Psychiatry at Mass General Hospital, and we specialize in helping kids with behavioral challenges, or more accurately, helping the adults around them to help them. Uh, so we work with parents, we work with teachers, um, we actually work with all kinds of organizations, whether those are um, schools or treatment facilities, uh, we work in correctional facilities, all kinds of places. And basically, what we do is we teach people to better understand kids who struggle with their behavior. And we teach people different strategies to use very different strategies than people are traditionally taught, which frankly don't work very well. So these are kids that have diagnoses like, um, I'm guessing, ADHD or things like that? Uh, you or? know, they have all kinds of diagnoses. Okay. So uh, certainly a lot with ADHD. You mentioned autism spectrum disorders. Um, those kids tend to, as you sounds like you know, can struggle sure. significantly uh, managing their behavior as well. But I always like to remind people that you don't need a diagnosis to have a problem. You just need a problem to have a problem. And I work with a lot of kids that don't fit neatly into, uh, you know, clear diagnostic boxes, but struggle a lot with their behavior. Mm -hmm. So the uh, virus rolls along here and things change rapidly. And I have to imagine that um, things could actually intensify for you, but I imagine your job might get more difficult given uh, social distancing and all that. So what's it been like? Yeah, well, um, it's been different for sure. You know, we do work with a lot of organizations outside of Boston as well. So, um, you know, we do a lot of remote uh, learning with folks and, and teaching and coaching people in our approach. So in that way, we've been sort of well situated, but we also do a lot of in-person training of teachers and parents and all kinds of people. And obviously, we've had to try to rapidly shift all of that online. But you know, actually, I would say that the biggest change is that um, uh, kids that we help are struggling in many cases much more mightily and their families and teachers as well. But also our work all of a sudden is quite applicable to everyone. And I'm happy to sort of explain why that's the case in this current situation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, in other words, a lot of the things you coach for kids who have come to you with the problem, a lot of the, the lessons about behavior can apply to those of us who are, and I don't mean to be glib about this, but are slowly losing our minds and being confined. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let me put it to you this way. It's yeah. an incredibly stressful time right, right now. And parents, teachers, kids, everybody's feeling incredibly stressed. And what happens when we humans are under a lot of stress is that we start to lose a bunch of abilities that we might have sort of had in abundance prior. And one of the things we know about kids with behavioral challenges 
is that the conventional wisdom about these kids is, is wrong. It's been disproven. The, the idea that kids behave poorly on purpose in order to get stuff or avoid stuff, it's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Actually, what all the research has shown is that kids who struggle with their behavior struggle with skills. So, so they don't lack the will to behave well, they lack the skills to behave well. And particularly what I'm talking about are skills like flexibility and frustration tolerance and problem solving skills. So basically for the last like 25 years, I and the team of folks I work with have been working to figure out, okay, if somebody struggles with those skills, how do you parent them, teach them? How do you help them develop those skills? Well, fast forward to today and we are all thrust into this situation that requires much more flexibility than we're used to, much more frustration tolerance than we're used to, and much better problem solving skills than we're used to. So even if you don't have a behaviorally challenging kid in your, in your class or in your, uh, your home, you know, all of a sudden we're all um, under great demands that are outstripping our skills. And again, when we're totally stressed, our skills start to fall away. It's ironic that just when we need them most, those skills aren't there. So that's why our approach is sort of you know, even more, I think, applicable and perhaps crucial for um, folks right now. What, what do you think are common mistakes that people are making? Are they not uh, parents, for example, they're not parenting enough? Should they be really concerned about, you know, child's behavior, study habits, or what, ha- what have you during this? Or does it require a little bit of hands off as well? Well, I think it's finding the sweet spot, honestly, and I'm sure we can find, uh, you know, parents who are overdoing it and parents who probably need to uh, dig in a little bit more. But, you know, I'll tell you, we have a, um, we have a philosophy behind our work that when applied to kids sounds like this, kids do well if they can. Not kids do well if they want to, but kids do well if they can. And our feeling is all kids want to do well. And if a kid could do well, he would do well. And our feeling's the same about us adults too. So you know what? Parents do well if they can. Um, Teachers do well if they can. So uh, this is a tough new reality for us parents. And we're, we're trying to figure it out as best as we can. And I'm sure all of us are doing some things wrong. Um, But, you know, I think, again, we can use what we've learned working with really challenging kids over the years and apply it to these situations and give people some concrete guidance about, all right, what what should you be doing? Mm -hmm. I have found that creativity comes in handy with things like this. My, My son that I mentioned who has autism, he loves going to the movies and it's a whole it's a process for him. He likes the drive to the movies. He likes to pick the the movie theater. He likes to, you know, go with me to get the popcorn and the candy, of course. And um, he likes to make sure we get there in time for the previews and all that. So we can't do that. And he keep and I keep telling him the, the movie theater is closed. And he says, because of the corona, because of the corona. I'm like, that's right, because of the corona. He says, I don't have the corona. And I say, no, you don't have the corona. And he, and he says, only Tom Hanks has the corona. And see, he knows Tom Hanks. So that, yeah. that was an example uh-huh. to give him. But what I did was when I um, he came over the other day and we made uh, in invented movie theater. I have a projector. So I put the projector up on the wall. I happen to, not everybody has one, but I happen to have a popcorn machine. So I, I popped fresh popcorn. So we got the smell of popcorn in the air. Wow. I took the most comfortable chair I could. I put it right in the middle in front of the screen, dim the lights, the whole deal. And he kind of bought it. I mean, not that I fooled him into thinking it was a real movie theater, but yeah, but he was into it. He was into it. So that, that was a, a coping way. Do you, do you think um, that I'm onto something there? Should other parents yeah. be trying to think creatively to maybe either replicate things or, or introduce kids to things that, 
um, maybe they just wouldn't have ordinarily done. Absolutely. And, and honestly, to have some try to have some fun with things, have, in, you know, interject some playfulness right now, because it's, you know, it's not a very fun world out there for folks. I think one of the challenges is, you know, to do the kind of stuff you've just described, you need to have enough gas in your tank to sort of, you know, come up with the idea and then pull it off and feel like, you know, I've, I've got enough to do. Uh, you've got enough in the tank to do all this. And I just, I, right yeah, now. you need that gas. At, and I just got back from the liquor store and hopefully I have enough to make it through this uh, quarantine. That's a joke. That's a joke. Um, yeah. So that's, so that's, um, it, it, have you tried any of those measures yourself in your home or is that not necessary? Yeah, no, we're, we're constantly doing those kinds of things. I don't know. To, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I wish I could say I've done something to that degree, but actually it's funny. We've been talking about just that, which is, can we try to, uh, you know, use a projector that my son got for his birthday and try to replicate like a, a drive-in theater or something like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, just trying to have some fun with it. But I think, uh, you know, um, I think the first thing we parents need to do, and this is teachers for teachers too, is, is we have to um, shift our thinking a little bit. And we have to remember that mantra I was telling you of people do well if they can, you know, that we're all doing the best we can right now to manage. And so we've got to start, honestly, by just practicing some empathy, both for kids, for ourselves, uh, before we even talk about sort of the what to do's, it's how do you think about things? Because it's frustrating. And I think, unfortunately, most of us adults, when kids frustrate us, um, we tend to, to go in the direction of like punishment or consequences to try to curb behavior or, or we try to use motivators, rewards and things like that. And those things are just missed the mark in times like this where everybody uh, is struggling, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think this will that what we're going through now will affect future behavior. I imagine that will become part of your world. In other words, um, you know, people have the, a lot of the kids you deal with have everyday stresses. Now, will the new normal be going to, will going to a restaurant be different? Will going to the movies be different or a sporting event or things like that? Have you given that any thought? I'm just curious. Yeah. You know, I have, of course. I think a lot of us have, I really don't know. Is honestly the answer. My, my guess is that some things will change a lot. Hopefully will not. We'll go back to a bunch of the things that we used to be able to enjoy together. My hope is that we um, perhaps might not take the things for granted that we've taken for granted. And I speak for myself here as well as I imagine others that, you know, you just these, these sort of liberties and freedoms you have that you just don't think twice about. Um, and, and I, I hope you know, personally, I think one of the things we're seeing is that you can use technology to accomplish all, accomplish all kinds of things, reduce barriers to access of all kinds of things. That's going to be great. Um, but I think we're also all realizing the importance of real, true connection and um, you know, being together in the same place with somebody physically and connecting with them. And so my, my hope is that um, even more of that goes on, uh, perhaps when some normalcy um, Right, you know, right. Continues. Are you able to to do the things that you do remotely as well? Is it different? What is that like? It depends. I mean, I've got some uh, kids and families I'm working with right now that, frankly, I'm making more progress this way. I really? can peer into their homes directly. Uh, <laughs> the kids are easier to engage. They don't have to, you know, drive in the car down to Mass General Hospital from wherever they're coming and interrupt their days. And they can just, you know, we can connect instantly. And I've got other people where, you know, it's really just not the same. So it, it, it depends. Why is your, your 
organization. Sorry, um, what's the what do I officially call this program? I guess right. Um, yeah. Why is it called Think Kids? And there's a there's a colon in there. I should say it's Think Colon yeah. Kids. I'm looking well, at it. Well, um, because first of all, what we're all about is rethinking challenging behavior. We're asking people to think differently, to think again, to realize this is not a lack of will. As I said before, this is a lack of skill that's getting in people's way. So we sort of first order business for us is helping people almost think of like, think about behavioral challenges like you would a learning disability. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we used to completely misunderstand learning disabilities ages ago, and now we get them, but we still are not very good at understanding behavioral challenges accurately. So the name Think Kids is about thinking differently, but honestly, it's also about the fact that we're focused on helping kids and the adults around them build thinking skills. Because mm-hmm. those skills I was talking about before, flexibility, frustration tolerance, problem solving, those are thinking skills. Mm-hmm. And that's why I call this a learning disability. It's just, you know, instead of reading math and writing, which are thinking skills, these are flexibility, frustration tolerance, problem solving. It's mm-hmm. no different. So that's mm-hmm. the that's what's behind the name. Mm-hmm. And can you give me an example of a, a success story? You've had obviously no names, but a, a child who has come to you with a particular challenge that you look back over time and say, you used to do this and now look at this kid now. Oh gosh. I mean, there's no shortage of examples from you know both my own practice, but also we spend, as I said, most of our time teaching others to do this and you know, just um, all kinds of examples. But um you know, one that I was just thinking about a kid this morning, actually, who I started working with when he was about five years old. And the kid's in college now, although now he's not at college, but he's still in college. Mm-hmm. But he went to college in, uh, for a program that particularly specializes in video game design. Um, and th- this kid has taken something that used to be a challenge and people used to fight with him over, which sort of, you know, too much mm-hmm. screen time and getting it off, getting off of it and stuff. And he's actually turning it into a, a career and a passion very effectively. Wow. Um, so that's pretty cool to see, but he's also a kid where his, uh, his social skills have just like, you know, come along dramatically. I used to he'd come to my office and he was into Pokemon and he'd lay Pokemon cards out. And like, I swear I could like go have lunch and come back an hour later. He wouldn't even have noticed that I left. Yep. Uh, and now, you know, he's very good at interacting and reciprocity and gauging somebody's interest and, um, stuff like that. That's yeah. Good. Um, good on you. I mean, I, I don't know. And I need no more details, but, but that, that sounds that has uh, echoes of kids I know with autism, including my son, because, the whole challenge is unlocking what's in their brain. You just, you get clues that there's a lot going on in their brain. And I've talked many times about how the, the character of Raymond in the movie, Rayman, the, uh, Dustin Hoffman is, is um, he's at, he, that character is actually pretty close to where my son is developmentally. He can, he has a personality. You can see it. He has talents. You can hear it. Um, but there's a lot going on that you have problems uh, unlocking. And, yeah. um, and so what you're describing is a, a good way to find the talents within a, a, a kid like that. A child with autism will sit with, uh, my son used to sit in front of the fridge with a bucket full of those plastic letters when he was two and, mm-hmm. or even younger, I don't remember, but he's taking out the letters and he's naming every letter. And it, it, that seemed very advanced for his age. And we said, Oh, he's right. a genius. And what we did, well, we didn't really yeah. we can laugh about it now. What we didn't realize is he's perseverating on that. He's going all the, over yeah. those over and over again. But, you know, for kids that are in, my son's not into video games, but for a kid like that that's really into Pokemon, can you channel that? And that's. Yeah, well, 
and and you know you said you you thought he was a genius. I mean, uh, he might be a genius well, and somebody right. who perseverates and struggles. I That's mean, this a good is, point. You know, I, I always tell people that um, it's true of everybody in the world that our greatest strength is usually the flip side of it is our greatest challenge. Mm -hmm. But I know with kids with behavioral challenges, the things that they struggle with can also be tremendous strengths. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you you mentioned, you know perseveration mm -hmm. and you know kids who get sort of obsessed with things and we can't pull them off of them well guess what they become adults and if they can find a passion that they're good at that that's useful yep. you know then all of a sudden the boss is saying like you know instead of saying oh he perseverates he's saying oh he's got incredible stick to itiveness <laughs> you know he <laughs> like ethic, he'll stay yeah. until the job is done you know yeah. so these things can be incredible strengths and i often say to parents i work with that my job is to um help them and their kid get to a place where they have survived childhood with their self-esteem self-esteem intact um, so that they can go flourish as an adult where they get to decide more about what their life is going to look like than when they're a kid growing up and spend a lot of time in school and and you know with their parents honestly and those success stories are really what parents need to hear my son there there have been days when my son I kind of in my heart of hearts said this is kind of who he is. He, he's not going to all of a sudden wake up one day and begin having full conversations with people and he's not going to go on to college. It's just not. On the other hand, the, what, what you do in terms of therapy and the, all the, the sorts of things that you train people to, to um, guide kids along with, they work. Uh, I mean, I can tell you that you know when my son was 10 or so he he could not go to the barber to have his hair cut and i used to have to cut his hair with the clips or floby or something yep. and he dreaded it so much it was like um and i know this now because i've heard descriptions from other people with autism it was just like a, a bunch of nails going into his head as soon as i right. began the process and he used to freak out every it was heartbreaking every night when i came home from work he used to say no haircut tonight no haircut tonight oh. until oh. the day and one one day out of the month i had to tell him sorry we are having one the, through therapy and and doing things that he could enjoy like counting the number of snips he, he they his therapist discovered he loves counting the kid will count anything you know he has autism he loves that so if they counted we're going to do five snips on this side and and now you know i can take him he sits there at the barber like a perfect gentleman so it's um th those well, I think, uh, yeah. yeah i think that's a great example of like you've got to have realistic expectations for your kid you've got to know who they are who they're not um, but, you know, any of us can develop skills and I've right. never even the most severe kid, whether it's severe on the autism spectrum, severe ADHD, you name it. Um, you know, you can always help them build skills to some degree. So, mm -hmm. you know, th I think that's why we, we spend so much time talking to parents and teachers about how to work with these kids, because they have there's so much opportunity for the adults who are around the kids all the time to be constantly providing little doses of things that over time build up and get to the place where, yeah, he can do things like that. Yeah. And it, and it's amazing. You, you know, you never want to sell, sell a kid short and decide and presume that he can't do something because they will, they will absolutely surprise you. So uh, Dr. Ablon's organization is thinkkids.org. So don't forget two K's in there back to back thinkkids.org. What else should people know about this? If they're hearing about it for the first time and they think, wow, you know, we could use that help. Um, well, I, I think the first thing to know is we're not an organization where you sort of uh, ship the kid off to us and we fix them, if you will. Uh, no, we teach you how to use our approach. 
And we have all kinds of trainings and supports available to parents, to teachers, to whole organizations to be able to learn the approach. So there's a ton on that website. Um, I would say right now for parents and teachers and others, we're trying to pump out a bunch of content and supports free for folks. Uh, we'll be hosting some more Facebook Live sessions. We had uh, thousands of people come out last week for, for one of them. Uh, so I would say follow us on social media, at ThinkKids on Twitter, or for me, at Stuart Ablon. Um, and you'll, you'll be able to you know, access a whole bunch of free resources that we're sending people's way. And um, there's all kinds of online training and things like that as well. Excellent. We've got a few minutes left here. We're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, Dr. Avalon is not, pre- is not prepared for this at all because I didn't prepare him. But we do a segment called Good Stuff where you give a tip, a suggestion, a recommendation. Now, usually people pick a great restaurant they've been to, a great movie, <laughs> movie they've seen, or something of that ilk. But you can recommend a book or you can recommend just a tip for survival. So I'm going to do a live read that takes about probably about 37 seconds. So I'm going to give you all that time to prepare, Dr. Ablon, and I'll allow right. you to I'll allow you to pass if you want to. But in the interim, let me tell you about what we do at the Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com. How would you like your own podcast? Well, you might think now is not the best time to do it, but you're wrong. In fact, your audience, the people out there who are waiting to hear from you, they are a captive audience, almost quite literally, unfortunately, these days. But... At pod617.com, we've been producing remote podcasts for years. It's nothing new to us. And now we are uh, ready to help you connect with those you want to connect with. Go to pod617.com to start planning your podcast. We will send you out a a quality USB microphone for free. That's right. That's right. We want to help you guys and get that microphone out to you. And then you can start working with us. We record intro, outro music, the whole deal. Pod617.com. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com in pod we trust. You're a witness, Dr. Avalon. I did that live read without actually reading anything. It's just in my head. That was impressive. Well, when you do enough of these silly podcasts, it begins to sink in. Okay. Um, so in the few minutes we have remaining, let's play an edition of Good Stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right. Um, well, the B-52s always cheers you up, whether you're in a quarantine or not. That's what I say. So would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Dr. Uh, I'm happy to go first. All right. Do you have sure. a, a tip, something, some good stuff to uh, suggest or brighten the days of our listeners? Yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously this, uh, you know, it's a tip has got to be a Corona-related tip, I would say. Sure. Um, and, you know, I know for a lot of people like me, one of the things that keeps me sane is exercise. And especially as I'm looking out my window right now and we're in day two of, of pretty torrential rain, um, gyms are closed. What do you do? Um, I, I like to do some yoga and I like to do hot yoga, which has been, you know, hard to do. Mm -hmm. So my tip is I wake up in the morning and I crank my heat. Oh no. Wow. Up to about 90 degrees. (laughs) And I lay out the yoga mats and, and get everybody up and, uh, and we do like hot yoga, you know, move the dining room table aside and do it there. And, uh, you've actually talked your kids into this. Uh, well, with, with varying degrees of success, let's, let's say it that <laughs> way, say, but, if know, do like a Facebook live stream class, there are a bunch like of it. studios out there doing that. Yep. And then, you know, then you open up the door and let some cold air in and, uh, 
you know, it's, it's approximately what it used to be like. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. I was just imagining if you had one or two outliers or your kids who chose not to participate, they, they probably, they might as well participate because otherwise they're going to be sitting there and being very uncomfortable. So, <laughs> that's so right. that's right. Yeah. I needed them out of there. And you meant, <laughs> you mentioned the, um, uh, you know, doing class online. My tip is that's a good segue to my tip is just don't underestimate what you can do online. You know, we've, um, I've had some networking groups. I ran a group yesterday where I just, I, I had the task of somehow involving about 18 to 20 people in a meaningful way. And so you're looking at this like massive, like Brady bunch squares gone wild on the, on the zoom call. And so I went person by person and I had them answer about four questions. It was stuff like, uh, who would you most, what, what, person living or dead would you most like to be quarantined with um what what what's the first item at the grocery store you pick your most cherished item when you dash in and dash out um sadly most people said alcohol of some kind but there are other you know, I'd, or, say, I'd, or, I'd go with toilet paper and i so, had a success this morning i got oh, like four rolls man oh wow so, that's that's breaking news where do you know right do you would you reveal where you found these at what establishment you found them Oh, I can reveal it because yes. it doesn't reveal much. CVS. Oh, really? Oh, see, well, people might not think of CVS. Somebody told me, yeah. this is a couple of weeks ago, though, that, that Home Depot is a good place to go because they've got, you know, cleaning supplies of all, of all sorts. And you might not think of Home Depot at a moment like this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you got to get creative with your meetings. I had a, a bunch of old summer camp buddies I hadn't connected with, with a while, in a while. We did this last night. We you might have seen me, Dr. Ablon, fumbling with a deck of cards. They're here because we played a, a virtual game of this game we used to call uh, Trumps. And it wasn't perfect, but it worked pretty well. We hit, we, everybody had their own deck of cards. So you had the possibility that you'd go to play a card because you play these tricks uh, to try to beat the other player. And it, and it happened. We knew it was going to happen at some point that people would turn over the card to compete with one another. And they're the exact same card because they have different <laughs> decks. So we had to redeal again. And then would you believe on the next trick, it happened again. And so I, I was spent this morning looking up what the odds of that are. So um, uh, to demonstrate, I'm going to play a, a brief game of uh, blackjack with uh, Dr. Ablon here. Just one all hand, right. just one hand. It's, it's all, it's all, right, uh, all or nothing. Okay. The dealer has a, a I've been watching a lot of Ozark too. So they, oh, they hey, just, yeah, the casino, so, the casino, okay. the riverboat casino. You got um, it. Dealer right. has a, a ten showing. Doctor Ablon okay. has a. Oh, this is a tough. Um, no, maybe not. You, you might be in luck. Doc, this is uh, not tough. You have a uh, nine. Yeah, you have a nineteen. So there's not much for you to say other than stay. Doctor has a, a king and a nine. Dealer though has a ten showing. Yeah, All right, gonna, so, I am gonna stay though. Okay, dealer has twelve. Dealer nice. turns over a two. Dealer has All to right. hit on 12. Good shape so far. Dealer right. turns over First base a... base guard here. Come on. What do you got? It's a nine. The, you, oh, the dealer shit. hits you 21. I'm not supposed to swear. No, that's podcast. okay. You can swear on a podcast. That's what you would say <laughs> if you were at the blackjack table. So, um, you know, that just... That was rough, man. That was a rough ending to this. As you know, the house always wins. So, yeah, but we had yeah. fun, didn't we? I hope. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, we'll have it. You have to have it on the show in the future. Hopefully... Uh, not um, virtually because hopefully this will end at some point and then maybe we can play cards for real. Who knows? Um, anyway, thank you for listening to the Boston podcast. And once again, you can find all about, about think kids at the website, thinkkids.org. Any, um, and you mentioned, did you mention how to get in touch with you or just go through the website, I guess, right? Yeah. Go through the website or you can find me on Twitter too. It's oh, that's Stuart right. I'm Ab- sorry. Stuart Ablon. Stuart at Stuart Ablon. 
Very good. And thank you for joining us and being a good sport this morning. Thank you for taking a shower for me. I'm flattered, Dr. Avalon. And um, My pleasure. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. Once again, if you're interested in producing your own podcast remotely from the comfort of your home, go to pod617.com. To get started, if you like this podcast, please share it with a friend. They've got time on their hands. They might want to listen to something interesting. And on behalf of Dr. Stuart Ablon, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody, as well as you can. Hang in there. We're going to be okay. Boston, everybody.